time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Another edition, need to adjust my volume. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.07 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, September the 25th, 2021. Welcome to the show. I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. You used the wrong mic there, buddy. That's why you sounded weird. Oh, my goodness. I grabbed, I'm like, what's wrong here? So We've got too many choices in there, don't we? Oh, man. There Mike, you go. Mic drop. There Mike, you go. I'm like, what is wrong? Milo Mike, the electrician acting guy, you. Mic <laughs> drop here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Well, I looked up. I, I glanced up. I'm like, where's my mic? So I just I grabbed the first mic yeah. that I saw, and, of course, that's not the right mic. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is now 7.08 on your Saturday morning. Technical difficulties out of the way. I am Reese Boyd, local attorney, here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show on this beautiful Saturday morning here along the Grand Strand. It's Saturday Morning Coffee. As you know, we invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee, Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening in your world, all the things that we think you need to know, everything going on in this crazy world around us. So much to talk about this week. What a, what a <laughs> week we've had. Um, at Saturday Morning Coffee, we are all about limited government, lower taxes, all the things that mean more freedom. Uh, we're going to talk about freedom today, folks. It's an important word, and it means a lot, and um, there is so much packed into that word, but it is so important. It is central to who we are. It is central to who we are as a nation. It is central to who we are as a culture, as a society. It is central to who we are as individuals. Freedom. Uh, Imagine Mel Gibson riding around on a horse at the moment, but it's an important word. It is not trivial. It is central to who I am. It is central to who you are. It's the freedom to be the individual that God has Uh, allowed you to be, programmed you to be, called you to be, all the things, all those God-given rights that God has given to you in his infinite wisdom um, are are not to be taken away, and we're losing them daily here in this country and elsewhere. And we'll be, of course, talking about that as we always do, but we're all about things on this program that mean more freedom, more freedom for you, more freedom for me, all of us who are we the people. So joined here in the studio... This morning, privileged to have with us producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. We the people. We the people. It's hey, a, it, you know, there's a reason. Talk about Arizona this morning, a little yeah. election uh, You know, there is, there is so much to talk about, <laughs> Glenn. We've got the Arizona audit. We've got uh, police officers on horseback on the Rio Grande being vilified yep. by politicians. So we've got law enforcement agents being not just criticized, but vilified by politicians, including the president of these United States, for enforcing the laws that those 
yokel, knuckle, knuckle-headed politicians enacted. And remember, uh, Joe Biden is uh, not approving of an honorable discharge, but a um, dishonorable discharge dishonorable. if you don't get the jab. Oh, yeah. So. Get the jab or go home without benefits. Yeah. 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 We'll talk. We, we've got, we've got, as I said, we've got the Arizona audit, uh, much to unpack there. Funny. We've got the Rio Grande, the horse, uh, equine officers being literally vilified mm-hmm. for simply upholding the rule of law. We talk about the rule of law in this country, uh, on this on this program a lot, because it really does matter. Mm-hmm. And those officers are heroes. They're simply trying to do their their job. They're trying to protect you and me and all of us right. here in this country who are literally under assault, and they're being vilified by the likes of Maxine Waters and Joe Biden. Those people, Joe Biden, Maxine Waters, they should be ashamed. Everybody standing on that dais behind Maxine Waters when she was speaking and comparing the actions of the Border Patrol law enforcement officers to slave drivers, they should be ashamed. They should literally hang their heads and shame. They're not fit. They're not fit to be politicians. They're not fit to Maxine Waters has proven over and over and over to us that she's not fit to be a politician. She is literally. How in the world is this lady still staying in there? God. It, it baffles me, folks. And we're not going to fix this country, frankly, until we get rid of some of these knuckleheads. The Marion Barry syndrome. Yeah. You know, where they do the wrong stuff and they just keep electing they, them. And, they, they keep yeah. getting elected again and again and again. It's, it's a repetitive stress injury. It's unbelievable. And, yeah, it's, um, it's uh, not unexpected. But, again, um, those people on that dais should be ashamed. The president should be ashamed we'll we'll of course uh get to that during the program uh today we've got uh much going on with uh, charter schools in uh in in the wake of the pandemic we're going to be talking to chris neely um we've got uh as glenn said navy seals resigning uh for failure to uh comply with the vac unwillingness to comply with the vaccine mandate the jab marches on we all have to get in step get the jab um of course uh as we've had every day for the last couple of weeks more news about uh gabby petito the unfortunate uh loss there an arrest warrant has been issued but yes glenn more on the vaccine uh mandates and and by the way not just navy seals um rejecting the idea but very significantly in my mind healthcare workers mm-hmm you know, healthcare workers are standing up and saying, you know what, <laughs> we don't want the jab. No offense. Right. And when you have healthcare workers who are on the front line fighting the COVID pandemic, who stand up and say, you know what, I face the illness every day. I work with it. I live with it. And I still do not want the jab. You have to ask yourself, why? <laughs> why do 300,000 uh, public employees in New York not want the jab. Why do right. so? Why are so many nurses and doctors now slowly but surely beginning to come forward and say we don't really believe in this whole vaccine thing? And you know, one of the things that I thought about this week, uh, Glenn, would be interested to hear your thoughts. If we had pursued a more balanced approach to this, we are slowly but surely learning the things that all of us knew to be true. Mm-hmm. Both of us, everybody here listening to my voice, I believe, for the most part, knew that the therapeutics that were being discussed, the hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, uh, Regeneron, 
the monoclonal antibodies, all the things that have been dismissed as quack science and kook conspiracy theory by the establishment on the left. In fact, there's a lot of merit to many of those remedies. And many of those remedies were mentioned and spoken about by Donald Trump. Absolutely. That's exactly why it became a political problem. Um, you know, I, I, I'm so disappointed. I mean, this is a train wreck of a country in a, in a matter of just a few months. You know, you have to wonder when you look at what how they have responded to the pandemic, how they have responded to the problems with the economy that were created mm-hmm. by our response to the pandemic, mm-hmm. how they are responding uh, on the southern border what they are doing on the southern border, or should I say not doing on the southern border, Um, what they are doing to law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Um, Afghanistan. uh, And what they have done in Afghanistan. You really have to wonder, did he set out to destroy the country? I mean, it's a fair question. It is. It's a fair question. And you wonder, how how long can we survive with this guy at the helm? Circle back will not uh, answer that question for you, I'm sure. Yeah. And we invite you guys uh, to join the show here on the program with us this morning. As I said, we're going to be talking to Chris Neely. Uh, Chris Neely is the um, executive director of the South Carolina Public Charter School District. Uh, we're also going to be talking to Brett Schaefer of the Heritage Foundation about the U.N. speech that uh, the POTUS gave. It was a complete flop, according to an article that Mr. Schaefer has published. So that all that and more coming up on Saturday Morning Coffee, and we invite you guys to stick with us, join the program. A lot to talk about today, and uh, we look forward to, uh, to your uh, questions as well. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services about how sound financial planning can help your family. Scott? There's so much unknown about where things are going politically, socially, and culturally. And certainly there's a huge concern many families have about where things are going financially. One of the best things you can do is learn how to keep more. We are helping families across the country keep more every day, keep more wealth, and keep more income now and in the future. If you want to learn how to keep more of your wealth and more of your income, schedule a time, talk to us today, and we'll lay out the roadmap for you and your family. Pile Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Find them online at pilefinancialservices.com or call 843-945-4480. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. I don't know how to count. One, two, one, two, three. What's going on with my 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. Sorry for wanting to run. Said that a few times. <laughs> Sometimes we all want to run. Little Joseph author for you guys here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Dear Lord, little little fresh bumper music for you here on Saturday Morning Coffee this morning. Speaking of the rule of law, by the way, we do invite you guys, as always, to join the show. Uh, quite a few of you checking in on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. And uh, you can join the show, as always, by texting your comments to us at 843-798-8255. That's 798-TALK. The call-in line for those who prefer to talk to us is uh, 843-903-2945. You can tweet your comments to me, all as always, at Reese Boyd is the Twitter handle. And the email address for the show is SMC at gmail.com. Reese Boyd, SMC at gmail.com. For those of you who like to speak during normal business hours, and I heard from quite a few of you this week. Enjoy talking to you guys as always. Some of you have brought us your legal issues as well. That's always appreciated. But the office number during uh, normal business hours for the day job, the day job is at Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. That number is 843-839-839. 9800 843-839-9800. want to remind you guys as well that you can catch Saturday Morning Coffee as a podcast. If you will open your podcast app on your phone or an Apple CarPlay or Google Play, however you uh, get your podcasts, and search for Saturday Morning Coffee and look for the red and blue coffee cup logo, you'll uh, be able to play and or subscribe. Appreciate your subscriptions to the podcast, which is uh, taking off nicely. And uh, appreciate uh, y'all checking us out there. So, And when you miss an episode on the radio, you'll be able to go back and listen at your leisure. Uh, talking about the rule of law on this program quite a bit, wanted to remind you guys that the narrative you hear on the left uh, is a lie. Um, I thought this was rather interesting. You know, we've had a lot of talk um, from a lot of folks on the left about defunding the police, how the police are racist and an institution of uh, uh, racial injustice. And some have even said white supremacy, somehow that the police are instruments of uh, injustice, not protectors of the public, which is truly an astonishing thought. If you think about it, one of the cities that has been leading the charge, of course, uh, one of the states, uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis in particular, which is the was the source of, uh, you know, the violence, the death of George, unfortunate death of Judge George, George Floyd, which, of course, prompted all the riots last summer. Interestingly enough, however, I caught this this week, uh, Minneapolis residents, this is the same Minneapolis, uh, Glenn, that voted to disband their police force and replace it with a Department of Public Safety that would be more focused on a social justice perspective. Yeah, they might as well incorporate, you know, pothole repair and other city. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, ther- maybe therapy, you know, ther- <laughs> therapy. therapy for residents. You're going to be out there anyway. They're going to need yeah. therapy because they're going to be living in a cesspool mm. of crime and violence. They're going to need therapy. Yeah. So uh, this week we learned that Minneapolis residents, this coming to us from KSTP.com, that's uh, KSTP5, ABC affiliate in Minneapolis, Eyewitness News Channel KSTP says Minneapolis residents call for the National Guard and the state patrol to help their city with the problem of escalating 
violence. On the north side of Minneapolis, neighbors describe the violence as unbearable. Uh, There have been 33 homicides in the 4th Precinct so far this year, according to city data. There were 24 homicides in that precinct in 2020 and 13 homicides in 2019. There are gunshots a lot. It's weekly, if not daily. I've heard them coming uh, at all hours during the daylight, said Buzzy Bond, who's lived in the Folwell neighborhood for 42 years. There's been a noticeable uptick in crime this summer, and I lived here through Murderopolis. She's called North Minneapolis home for most of her life. Earlier this summer, she said a three-year-old child was shot just about a block from her house. Um, It's unbelievable, folks. Three years old. Minneapolis literally falling apart at the seams, and it's totally predictable. Who among this audience did not think immediately when they say defund the police now it's not enough to defund the police they wanted to disband the police who among us thought that was an idea worth uh, contemplating much less enacting well it's come home to roost and that's the the thing folks we see again and again that the the narrative of the left is just a lie Mm -hmm. it's a construct and yet they will they will force it upon us they will enact it and it, we are the ones who will be left uh, to pick up the pieces. It's it's truly unbelievable. Yeah, and, a couple uh, people chiming in on the uh, PCR's computers text line here. Uh, James from Myrtle Beach said, Millions invade America, much of the invasion bringing drugs, human trafficking, gangs, criminals, disease, and burden on the medical, education, and so- social safety. Excuse me, James. And then the Virginia gentleman, with all the craziness going on in the country today, it's like we are having a scary, living in a scary episode of the Twilight Zone that never ends. He asks that we keep the faith. And P.S. Biden is an idiot. Biden is an idiot. Yes, thank you. Um, Thank you both, uh, James and the Virginia gentlemen. Always appreciate y'all checking in with us. And I think Tim, the car detail guy, also Mm -hmm. checking in. Art Ruffalicious checking in with a very funny meme this morning. Larry Biddle checking in, as always, with some great shots. Oh, the meme. Are you not going to tell Art? I mean, he is so funny. It's it's a classic. It's, uh, (laughs) it's, uh, It's circle back. Pisaki, uh-huh. and she's got a beauty pageant uh, sash. You would sash, call that. Yes. You would wear a sash. Thank you. <laughs> Misinformation. Misinformation. So that's a classic. Andy Thompson checking in with a photo of his uh, Saturday morning coffee mug. By the way, Glenn, let's go ahead before we forget, um, and let's uh, let's do a little housekeeping here. Did you remind everybody about the festivals going on in town this week? I did actually. You got the you, actually. There's more uh, art, the, uh, art from Surfside. Art. We got the Surfside Beach Festival right. happening today, eleven right. to three p.m. Right. That's uh, in the I think the Third Avenue South area of that Surfside is. Beach. Yep, Third on, Avenue so. on, on the block where Benjamin's Bakery, Bakery is located. Is, right. And, uh, and then the Irish Italian live, Festival. Live bands, food trucks, vendor, a dunk tank. A dunk tank. Prizes. Prizes. Yeah. Yes, and the Irish Italian Festival, which is a great festival, by the way. They've got some uh, great bands that will be there, great food. That's happening in North Myrtle Beach today, 10 to 4. And you said you've got some, some other stuff? Uh, Art from Ruffalicious, the uh, great, the best, you know, dog treats in, in the country here. In the country. Uh, he'll be at the uh, Oaks Craft Festival at the Lazy Gator, uh, Merle's Inlet, tomorrow from 10 to 4. Oh, very good. Oh, wait. No, he said that's actually today, Saturday. <laughs> today. Uh, yeah, it's must Saturday, have, must have woke up thinking it was Friday. <laughs> yeah. It's not Friday, nah. Art. It's Saturday. Yeah. It's, it's, if Saturday's today. the day, today's your day. So don't miss out on your event. Uh, so, yeah, check Art's um, 
uh, Art out at uh, you said that's the Lazy Gator. In yeah, I, yeah. I met uh, Art um, out, out at uh, Market Common a uh, week before last, I think, at a festival, and uh, he's got a great booth. I mean, got a lot of great treats. Now he's probably stayed up all night baking these fresh for your pet for your pets. So, no, you know. Yeah. Always fresh at Art delicious. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Art. The uh, Climbers checking in this morning as well. And uh, Pete, the locksmith, checking in. That's um, And uh, who else we got here? Jesse, the horseman, checking in. Thank you all for, uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, Jesse's got a, a question, uh, which I actually raised, uh, Glenn, which is if we had taken, we didn't finish uh, the question. We were talking about how it became so political because Trump, unfortunately, got... Trump is, I think Trump did some things that I totally agree with. He did some things I question. Um, but the bottom line is the therapeutics became about Trump mm-hmm. because he said you can use hydroxychloroquine, you can use these other things. And suddenly, if you thought that, you were a nut job. The vaccination became a yes. Trump problem. The, thought, the, the vice president of the United States currently said that she was not going to get the Trump vaccine. I mean, it because that, that's the crap we lived in. And that's what I keep explaining to people that that, you know, discount the president of the United States, Donald Trump. And what, a, what great shape we were in. Look at the pitiful shape we're in now. It's only after Trump left the White House that the vaccine became politically acceptable. And, yeah. it, and it migrated in the span of less than six months. Yeah. Uh, from becoming politically acceptable, you had po- the same politicians who are now telling you they're going to administer it to you under force of law. Right. Just less than a year ago, we're telling you, I don't think I'm going to take it because it's Trump's vaccine. It and must the- be. I think it's a ra- I think one of them actually said it's a racist plot. Yeah. I can't remember who. <laughs> so we've gone from racist plot to something that you must comply with in order to be a legal citizen of the United States. How crazy is that? Our armed forces put their lives on the line to protect us. And because they're not, they don't, some of them don't want to get the jab, Biden is telling them that you will not get an honorable discharge. You will be dishonorably discharged. Your family will suffer. You will suffer because you're not doing this. That is not the position of our federal government. That should not be who is dealing this out. Good gosh. There are so many uh, questions to sort out, folks. It It is infuriating. But we'll do our best. Blood pressure's up. (laughs) Yeah, blood pressure's up. Uh, Stick with us. A lot to talk about on Saturday Morning Coffee this morning. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. And more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Tylen's Dental is just a name. It's really Dr. Ray Cleary and Dr. Russell Boatwright. We are Tylen's Dental. You know, at the end of the day, people are concerned that their dental health can contribute to other things, and it can. But I think the real key to, to keeping your smile, your teeth healthy, is it contributes to a better way of life, and that will keep you healthier. 
What's interesting is in dentistry, there's really no reason to have dental problems. To be honest, dentistry is fairly cut and dry. Typically, what we tell people is get them cleaned every six months and have x-rays done once a year. Now, I saw somebody that was a builder and he hadn't been in in five years and I told him, look, you could probably come in another five years and you'd be fine. But just for my sake, come in once a year. Tideland's Dentistry is located at 1625 Glens Bay Road, which is between Surfside Drive and Homestown Road. Our website is tidelandsdental.com. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Team. So how do you coach a buyer who's involved in an environment where there are multiple offers being submitted? Because most of these deals are going multiple offers, Reese, you've got to have a buyer that absolutely has to have the property, meaning the motivation is there. Going in strong with terms and price is the way you win in this market. So, Greg, how do you work to ensure that your clients don't pay too much? The law of supply and demand says when there's not much of something available and tons of demand, prices have to go up. But if the home meets their needs and they have to buy today, we're not going to let them overpay, but they need to do what it takes to win. Great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team at 843-251-2693, or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. Darling, I have come to tell you, though it almost breaks my heart, but before the morning, Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, 737 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the show. We've been talking about a lot already this morning, talking about vaccine mandates and the pushback, starting to get pushback within the medical community. Do you know there have been more adverse reactions, Glenn, to the vaccines for COVID-19 through submitted through the VAERS system, the Vaccine Adverse Event System, run by the government, since they started tracking adverse vaccine events. So more in the short span of the pandemic than we've had throughout the recorded history, yeah. the existence <laughs> of the VAERS program. And people say, well, why are you so concerned? I mean, I, it's, it's astonishing to me. And I think what this is all about is freedom. And I keep coming back to that, but it's about freedom. We are not wired to be told what to do. I tell people every time I have the opportunity to have this conversation with somebody, have a conversation with your doctor. Mm -hmm. Talk about your 
health characteristics, talk about where you are in life, how old are you, what stage are you in, and make an informed decision. And if you want the vaccine, that, that can be a, that's a very rational decision for probably the majority of folks. Right. But make that decision for yourself. Make that decision on behalf of your family. Don't think that it should be or ought to be up to the government to make that decision for you. Or CNN. Or CNN, <laughs> exactly. And the, and the truth is they're lying to you about this, folks. There is a bunch of indicators that point to latent issues. And, and remember, these are novel vaccines. When people say, well, you've got to get the uh, this smallpox or measles or other viral uh, vaccines before you send your kids to school. Yeah, that's true. Guess what? Those vaccines have been around for generations. And we know they're safe because they've been around for so long. I mean, there, there are whole classes of individuals, women who are or who may be or are about to have children or of childbearing age for whom there are risks that haven't even been fully fleshed out. There's a lot of issues related to young folks that have not been fully fleshed out. And yet the government is marching forward. You know, we had the recent uh, announcement that the, the, the very committee tasked by the CDC for evaluating the need and the efficacy of booster shots, they rejected the government's own position. Mm-hmm. And now, the, and now the, the director of the CDC has overridden her own committee. <laughs> But they tell you that they are the ones, the left will tell you that they are the ones following the science. And we're, we, the ones who just want to make the freedom to have our, the freedom to make our own decisions, that we're the anti-vax flat earth crowd. Right. It's crazy. And as we were talking about earlier, Glenn, there's about 60,000 Navy SEALs. According to a new report over, excuse me, not 60,000, 600 Navy SEALs, which is about a quarter of all the active duty SEALs in America, currently facing the very real possibility of not being able to go on missions anymore because of the vaccine mandate. Meanwhile, in New York, a new governor, thanks to the recent resignation of Governor Cuomo, has just put in place a mask mandate on all school kids up to and including children who are as young as two years old. Wow. And New York's not the only state. There are about 16 states, as well as the District of Columbia, who have put into place additional or new school mask mandates. Not all rules, not all people, however, are apparently created equal. At the Emmy Awards, as we learned this week, the only people wearing the masks were the hired help. But according to a statement from the Los Angeles County health office that's okay well we've seen that um i've seen that firsthand where the hired help is the only ones yeah. wearing the masks rule if, if if it's if it's your choice i agree wear your mask if, it, if that's your choice but i don't know that it should be um at this point we've seen i don't think it should be a rule that we have to enforce yeah We've seen well, with the mask. Again, if you want, if you want to wear a mask, absolutely wear the mask. You have the freedom to wear a mask anytime you feel like it's in your interest to do so. Nobody, yeah. nobody should make fun of anybody else for wearing a mask. I do think it's kind of silly, frankly, when I'm driving down the road and I see somebody in their car. Yeah, we all do fully masked. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, 
Really? Yeah. What are you protecting yourself there, Volkswagen? Yeah. I mean, it's not. Um, is there anybody in the car with you? No. I don't. Nobody I don't. In the car I see nobody you. in the car unless they're hiding in the floorboards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and it, it is really astonishing. But it is. Uh, it is. But you have the freedom. That's the great thing. You know, people. I really believe, Glenn. And here's the thing: the harder it's now demonstrably obvious to all of us that the government is lying to us. That's mm-hmm. another theme of today's show right. is the willingness and the ready, the heavy hand of your government is ready to lie to you if that's what it takes. And they're proving it again and again. But the more government pushes for our um, submissive compliance mm-hmm. with these rules and arbitrary dictates, the less cooperation, in my mind, that they're going to get. You know, the FAA issued a, a guidance this week that said um, they've had more complaints. I think it was in the most recent quarter, the, the recent quarter ended, more complaints of unruly and unwieldy passengers oh, yeah. Yeah. than at any point since they've been keeping up. Just in the same way we've got more adverse vaccine events than we've ever recorded had in recorded history, we've got more complaints now with, with unruly and uncooperative passengers than at any point since the FAA began tracking the data. Yeah. And why is that? Do you, you know what the majority issue was that's the problem on the planes? The masks. The masks. Yeah. People do. And I, and I experienced this when we flew a few weeks ago to Montana to go to Yellowstone. It is a royal pain to wear the mask. And after an extended period of time, it, it bugs me, you know, particularly if I have if I'm not clean shaven. Right. It, it drives me crazy. <clears throat> and it's just annoying. I and, saw, and, 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 and the, there's an absurdity to it because we're sitting on a Delta flight and we're all wearing our mask. Now, you got one hundred and twenty five hundred and thirty people in an aluminum can. Right. Mm-hmm. Flying through the sky. Recirculating air. Recirculating. Filtered, air. But recirculating. Yeah, but air. it's recirculating. And so. We're all breathing the same oxygen, and I realize they've put super HEPA filtration on the aircraft in light of the pandemic and all that nonsense. But the truth is, you can't filter it fast enough to prevent it from internally circulating within the cabin. That just that's a given, in my opinion. And so, the, the 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 flight crew is coming through. They're passing out snacks and drinks and food and and the things that you get. And so you take your mask off, and you eat. And you drink. And so as long as you're drinking a beer, as long as you have a glass of water, as long as you have a, a piece of food that you're eating, you're perfectly fine to sit there without a mask on mm-hmm. and eat and pollute the cabin to your leisure, you know, as long as you want. But the minute you're not eating or drinking, they will literally, I mean, they will come strong arm you if you don't put your mask back on. Well, you know, I think I that... Mean, and <laughs> what kind of planet does that make sense? That is completely... Right now, everybody's stress level is heightened. Um, I I know some people had stress when Donald Trump was in office. I get it, guys. Some of you were really stressed. But the stress that we've seen since this administration has taken over has escalated by far further than the last four years of what we had with the president, Donald Trump. Uh, The fuse has been lit. I actually saw a video of a lady that got on an airplane and lit up a cigarette. Now, <laughs> I think it's been since the 70s yeah. that we don't smoke on airplanes, I, right? I don't think I've ever seen somebody smoke on an well, airplane. Well, and, and, the, and then when the police came on board, she pretended like she was asleep, <laughs> like like they were going to go away. Not, not, not only was she smoking, she was smoking yeah. in bed. But the but the um, the person that was filming it was also um, 
basically being the the on the scene reporter. Yeah. And she was talking about guy, it ain't even weed. It ain't even weed. You know, I mean, they, I guess if that was weed, they would have been okay with it. But yeah. Apparently, you get more what leniency, the heck, man. People. That's why I say people. The fuse is lit, man. But people I really definitely. I really think it's freedom, Glenn. We are wired not to be told what to do. We're not accustomed to living in a country where we are told what to do in every aspect of our lives. And we should not be told what to do in every aspect of our lives. It's crazy. And and the harder the government pushes on you to wear a mask, when you know categorically, internally, you know it's stupid. Right. Because the minute you take the mask off to eat your meal, you're going to pollute everybody around you anyway. So putting the mask on before and after your meal is pointless. It's we know it's ridiculous. It is theater. Seeing the guy that wears the one here and the one here, so when he opens his mouth, yeah. they, the two. It's yeah. crazy, and and we're not. We know crazy. We're smart enough to know crazy, and that's crazy. And we're wired to make those decisions for ourselves. We expect to be a free people. We're we're supposed to be a free people. It's called freedom, folks. It's important. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Stick with us. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday morning coffee, talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services about how sound financial planning can help your family. Scott? There's so much unknown about where things are going politically, socially, and culturally. And certainly there's a huge concern many families have about where things are going financially. One of the best things you can do is learn how to keep more. We are helping families across the country keep more every day. Keep more wealth and keep more income now and in the future. If you want to learn how to keep more of your wealth and more of your income, schedule a time, talk to us today, and we'll lay out the roadmap for you and your family. Pile Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Find them online at pilefinancialservices.com or call 843-945-4480. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. As I was out walking on the corner one day, I spied an old hobo in the doorway he lay. His face was all covered on the cold sidewalk floor. I guess he'd been there for a whole night or more. He was only a hobo, but more is gone. Leaving nobody to sing his sad song. Leaving nobody to carry it on. Only a hobo.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Little Jonathan Edwards in the seldom scene for you here on Saturday Morning Coffee on this 25th day of September 2021. Hope you guys are having a great Saturday. Beautiful day in front of us. Want to remind you guys to get out either to the Surfside Festival or the Italian-Irish Festival. Is it Irish-Italian or Italian-Irish, Glenn? I think it's Irish-Italian. I think it's Irish-Italian. Don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, Be very careful about yeah. our various constituent groups. We'll circle back to you. Circle back on that. and Or check out Art uh, Ruffalicious down at uh, the Lazy Gator in Merle's Inlet. That's all happening uh, today. So uh, check out uh, all the opportunities to enjoy the Grand Strand today with this beautiful weather. I also want to give a shout-out. Today is September the 25th. Shout-out to my sister. It is her birthday today. Happy birthday, Teresa. And, and it also is the birthday of my dad. They share a birthday. My dad is enjoying uh, his third birthday in heaven. So happy birthday, Dad. Miss you a lot. Mm, hope you're having a – you know, can you – Imagine what a birthday in heaven. You ever think about what heaven is going to be like? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wanna, I, anything you want to share? Well, I first off, I know there's uh, not 21 virgins waiting on me. Uh, no, no, like no. The, you know, like the terrorist. You know, I mean, I'm wondering yeah. how that's worked out for you. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm, me too. I'm thinking they're uh, on the receiving end of, of no, some of I, that. I, I think about it. Um, you know, it's... Um, it, it should be the most pleasant thing we've ever experienced and you can't say in your lives because your life is over but it's the new beginning with the lord and yeah uh eternal life if you believe you will go yeah and it's uh it's uh it's forever you know interestingly enough but i i think of uh somebody i may be offending somebody who's a little more theologically aware than i am you know, there's no birthday party in heaven i just imagine my dad having a great big old birthday party in heaven probably the best birthday party he's ever had and it makes me you know Smile. Well, and and when people do pass away, they usually they're like, "Oh, Harry's dancing with Margaret in heaven today." You yeah. know, so we we've we all think that heaven is is going to be like a party, a ball, a dance, uh, happiness, being reunited with all your relatives yeah. that have passed away, your past pets. Um, you know, so, so all those grand, things. You'll see your granddads again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good old Otmer die. You know, yeah. sit on grandpa's lap again. I don't think we're going to be sitting on a cloud playing a harp. I'm not exactly sure what it will be like, but it will be. You know, one of the things I, I'd never really thought about it a lot. My wife and I attended a seminar at the Cove in Asheville uh, a couple of years ago uh, by a gentleman by the name of Ken Boa mm-hmm. spoke, and he and the title of the seminar was learning to live with an eternal perspective. And what you have to realize is that this life that we're living is tiny. Sure. The, yep. the Bible says life is but a breath, and then, it, then it's gone. It's a mist. It's a vapor. And, and it exists for a second, and then it's gone. And, in, I mean, our 80 years that we have on this planet, or however long you're blessed uh, to be on this mm-hmm. planet, is just a millisecond in comparison to the eternity that we will enjoy right. in heaven. And I, I don't think it's sitting on a cloud playing a harp. Nah. I asked, you know, Ken was talking, Ken Bowe was talking about it in the seminar. And, and he, you know, it's, it's like um, whatever you're doing, imagine that you enjoy doing, imagine doing it without the pressure of time. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's one thing I thought about this week, a very uh, difficult week with the day job sometimes the practice of law gets in the way of the radio gig you know uh glenn's giving me a flashcard. 
Um, sometimes the practice of law does get. I had, a, I had a trial on Thursday. I had a trial yesterday. So it was a. And, you know, I talked about that. It was a, it was a very, you know, compressed week. No, mm-hmm. no free time at any point in yeah. time. I mean, my it was week like was kind of that way too. Minute by minute by minute, and I got out of court yesterday. I went straight to a football game uh, for my kids at their school. Uh, enjoy some high school football. It's that time of year, so that's a nice break. But got home about eleven o'clock, and like, oh my gosh, I got a radio show. I got to prep, you know. And so it's like there's no, and you know the, the the beauty of it is, in heaven there will be no time. So he said, just imagine luxuriating in time because there is no. So right. whatever you're doing, whether you're you're uh, riding a horse in a, in a, in a, in a very proficient way. I mean, whatever you're doing to the glory of God in heaven, you're enjoying it without the pressures of time. Right. So if you're collecting clocks, you won't need it when no, you die. So you won't need clocks. Don't worry about that. And so I, I thought about, can you imagine just having all the time to do the things mm-hmm. that you enjoy? And I don't see Nick Summers playing a harp. I see him playing a guitar. No, no I don't think we're, I don't think we're sitting on a cloud playing a harp, but I think that getting your eye or your arms around this idea that life is just a breath and and you don't have much time here on this planet and you know if you're like Gabby Petito you don't get 80 years no. you get 22 and so you never know how much time you're going to have you never know the, the bible said there's appointed for each one of us a day to be born and a day to die yeah. and so you by you live by an eternal perspective realizing that this is just a a warm up it's a very brief warm up and exactly what heaven is going to be like, I don't know, but we're getting ready for it. That's what the purpose of this life is. You know, the purpose of this life, I think, is to realize that there are things bigger than us. Oh, yeah. We're going to, you know, when you're 20, you're really all about yourself. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if, if, if every day in life was, you know, as it is between 20 and 25, we wouldn't really need a heaven, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> But nonetheless, I think the process of life here in preparation for eternity is learning, among other things, that there are things bigger than ourselves. We'll talk about that a little bit more after the break. We've got uh, some bills to pay, and we've got some news coming at you. So stick with us uh, coming up in the second hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. We're going to be talking to um, uh, Chris Neely, who is the executive director of the South Carolina Public Charter School District, talking to him about charter schools and some other stuff coming up. We've got a guest from the Heritage Foundation. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. here in this season of cooler weather and football. Remember the best offense is a strong defense. Sign up and save with Carolina Cool's biannual maintenance inspections. That's what I've done. Their experienced technicians are award winning and can also assist with mold and allergy relief in your home. And all estimates are free. Go for the touchdown and score every time with Carolina Cool. Carolina Cool. Carolina Cool. That's cool. 
The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. You've made it to the second hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. Hope that second cup is treating you well. As I mentioned, we're going to be joined by Chris Neely with the South Carolina Public Charter School District in just a few moments to talk about the growth of charter schools following the COVID-19 pandemic. I tell you, folks, it's all about freedom. Freedom keeps coming up in today's show, as it always does, but it's a focus of what we're thinking about today. It's freedom. And among the freedoms that we enjoy or should enjoy in this country is the freedom to educate our children as we deem best. And guess what? Charter charter schools are growing like crazy. Because everybody's leaving the government-funded public schools. I thought about it last night. We were at – my kids are now – they were in public school at one point. They're now in a private school. Mm -hmm. And it was because of, by and large, the response to the COVID pandemic. And we saw our children not being educated. And as a parent – do you feel comfortable with the education that your child is getting in public I mean in a private school? Completely comfortable. Absolutely, right? Completely comfortable. And you know, frankly, I'm going to say this, the money that you pay for public schools should be portable. It should follow the children. And if you want your children to go to another school, the money that you pay in taxes should follow those children. And there's no objective reason why that should not occur. And if the public schools are great, which I think they are for the most part, then they'll survive. And if they aren't, they won't. And I'm okay with that. And so, um, but we'll get to Chris momentarily. I want to finish up quickly on the, uh, we were talking about SEALs and the SEAL, uh, a quarter to a third of the SEAL force not wanting to take the jab. Folks, again, we're talking about freedom. And you have to ask yourself, why are all these SEALs not interested in getting the jab? This was reported this week in justthenews.com. Several hundred elite Navy SEALs in danger of being blocked from deploying by their special operator teams after the Pentagon has advised them that the COVID uh, vaccine is mandatory, according to a lawyer and a a counselor uh, pastoring them, a pastor counseling them. The number involved in the dispute may be as many as a quarter or more of all active duty SEALs. By the way, Glenn, did you know it cost $500,000 to train a single Navy SEAL? I had no idea, but I was just thinking, doesn't that affect national security? If Absolutely, it affects of our national Navy security. Seals? Yeah. My clients include several Navy SEALs who are part of a small, a large group of SEALs and other military members who are being asked to choose between their faith and their ability to serve our nation, said R. Davis Yount, a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force Reserves and a JAG lawyer who is representing several of the special operators as a private lawyer. They have been told that if they seek a religious accommodation, 
They will no longer be able to serve our country as Navy SEALs and have been given an arbitrary deadline to comply with the vaccine mandate. But as a religious reason for not getting that, you still will accept transsexuals, gays, all the other people. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, but all, all, the other, all that's good. Oh, that's great. But if you don't want to get the shot, you're going to be expelled. I mean, as a matter of fact, when we should have been preparing ourselves to get out of Afghanistan, that was a priority of the DOD leadership. Right. I mean, making sure that we were woke. And right. so that's another, yeah, yes, that's not only perfectly fine, but it is a priority of the Department of Defense to honor. The, and, and by the way, we should respect all perspectives. I'm not saying that those people have no place in society right. or that they should right. be run out of the military. Oh, absolutely. But, no. but again, we're seeing an unequal and unlevel playing field. Yeah, de- it definitely unlevel. My clients need time. We're seeking at least a 90-day extension to the vaccine mandate compliance deadline that they have been given. Younts said the Pentagon has put its threat in writing that all unvaccinated SEALs, including those who get a religious exemption or already have natural immunity, will be forbidden from deploying. By the way, the Biden administration chimed in on this issue and said, uh, we strongly oppose honorable discharge for troops who refuse the COVID-19 vaccine. So not only are you not going to be able to be deployed in active duty, you're going to be eliminated from the force and you're going to lose your military pension. You're going to surrender your military career and your pension if you don't submit to the jab. And jeopardize a lot of other Americans. And I'm telling you, folks, your government is lying to you. Tucker Carlson reported this week, uh, last month, for those of you keeping track, the Biden administration announced a plan to give additional shots of the COVID vaccine, so-called boosters. Didn't see that coming to millions of Americans. But the administration never explained why it was necessary or scientifically justifiable. They never bothered. Instead, instead, with characteristic aggression, they simply decreed that it was going to happen. The new shots would go out, and they informed us no later than this week, the week of September 20th, that that was the deadline. The weird thing, it turned out, no, no, none, of the science knew, none of the scientists knew about this. Two leading vaccine experts at the FDA promptly resigned. Several more announced they were thinking of quitting. Biden's COVID czar, a former Facebook board member with no medical background named Jeff Zients, assured the country, no problem, none of this is cause for alarm. People resigning in protest at the highest levels of the FDA, but hey, no big deal. The decision to give extra COVID shots, Zients said, was made by and announced by the nation's leading public health officials. Really? Which ones? Is this the same decision that was rejected by the CDC board mm-hmm. that said none of the big pharma companies involved had proffered valuable, valid science to support the decision? The same board that voted against the same boosters? The same board that has now been overridden by CDC leadership? Are those the ex- experts that they're talking about? It's, it's cuckoo, folks. It is, it is cuckoo with a capital K, and um, it's crazy. And, uh, again... Uh, one of the things we uh, just have to remember is that your government is not shooting straight with you. And uh, you have to take everything that you hear uh, with a grain of salt. One of the things I noticed again this week 
lot to talk about. I do want to get to the charter school issue. Charter school enrollment has skyrocketed. This according to Fox Business News. Charter school enrollment skyrockets amid restrictive COVID-19 rules. And, you know, one of the things I learned, Glenn, last night, a lot of the people in that crowd at the, at the school that my kids are attending now, mm-hmm. they are COVID transition people. They are people who transitioned out of the public schools during the COVID crisis because, frankly, the public schools made such a mess of their response to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we saw our children not being educated. Well, right here in Horry County, I uh, suspect we wasted about $5 million on plastic that has now been recycled that we got very yeah. little money for. So how wasn't, many, it, wasn't a great idea to, to blow the money on the plastic. How many millions of dollars did we spend on that? $5 million. So. So uh, charter school enrollment has risen over 7% since 2019, this according to Fox Business News, signaling an exit from public schools amid the uh, response to restrictive coronavirus rules. An estimated 1.4 million students have left public schools over this period. Charter enrollment has not risen this much since the 2014-2015 school year when the number of charter schools in the country grew by 4.5%. And interestingly enough, some states have seen the number of charter school charter school students enrolled um, almost double, increased by more than 75%. So um, we're going to be joined here on the studio, on the show, to talk about this issue. Coming up, you want to take a break? Mm-hmm. Let's take a break. When right after the break, we'll be joined by Chris Neely, who is the superintendent of the South Carolina Public Charter School District who is going to be discussing with us this explosive growth in, uh, in charter school enrollment nationwide and here in South Carolina. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Text us, 843-798-TALK. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in any way, give us a call at 839-9800. That's Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.19 on your Saturday morning. This is Saturday Morning Coffee. We've been talking about an article that I read this week in Fox Business Daily, which talks about the skyrocketing enrollment of charter schools. It's something we've talked about many times on this program. I've said it many times. I think educational choice is the civil rights issue of our time the ability to educate your children, send your children where you think they should be educated is a fundamental 
constitutional right that we all should enjoy. Joined here this morning by Chris Neely. Chris Neely is the superintendent of the statewide South Carolina Public Charter School District. Chris, good morning. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning, guys. Good to be with you. Chris? Chris, are you there? Hey, yeah, good morning, guys. Neely, are you there? Neely, anyone? Neely? Hey, good morning, guys. We lose Chris. I think we lost Chris. I think we lost Chris. We lost our guest, folks. We have no... Oh, we have Chris. Good morning, Chris. Yeah. Hey, good morning, guys. Have Bueller. Bueller. Anyone? Neely. Ferris Bueller. 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 Is there a Neely? Is there a Neely in the can room? You, can you hear me, guys? Yeah, we got you, Chris. buddy. I can hear you, Chris. How are you this morning? Yeah, I'm sorry. The uh, iPhone's having trouble. That's all right. How are you this morning? Hey, good. Good to be with you guys. Good morning. And uh, you've been on the show before, Chris, and welcome back. Uh, Thank you for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. We've obviously been talking this morning about uh, the charter school explosion that's happening in the state, happening in this country. Uh, Response in many ways to the way that, in my opinion, public schools have responded or not responded to the COVID pandemic. What's, uh, What's going on? What do you see happening? Well, I see the same thing happening here in South Carolina that we've seen nationally and in the report that you referenced. Uh, nationwide, 240,000 families made decisions to send their kids to a charter school in, in the nation. Here in South Carolina, we saw 17 to 25% growth, uh, depending on the, the district uh, in terms of charter schools uh, growth. We saw wait lists of 35, 40,000 students. Uh, those are families that want to get into a charter school, but, but charter schools just don't have the capacity to take anymore. Yeah. So we're just continuing to see this growth continue. And there's a lot of, of our naysayers last year that said, oh, there'll be attrition. You know, they're going to start going back to, you know, their local school. And we're just not seeing that so far this year. Are there um, are there new schools in the pipeline that y'all are working with to approve to to address the issue or how, how does that how does the long range outlook yeah so see that's how markets work when there's a demand and there's an opportunity for uh for us to respond to that demand of parents so this uh this august last month we opened up 10 uh new schools statewide uh you know between the two statewide authorizers the charter institute at erskine and the south carolina public charter school district um we've got about 1500 more students in our district this year than we had last year and we're continuing to see uh, demand for more growth at our schools. Um, we're, we're having to approve more amendments for schools to better do additional expansions, more facilities uh, to meet that demand. And so it's a great thing for educational choice in South Carolina and here in the country. Um, for the first time, I think parents in America have felt empowered to make educational decisions for their, for their families and for their children. And so we need to be able to respond to that. And, of course, we've got an offer a great product. And yeah. we just got our state report card. And, and while I don't think anybody should be crowing in the country about, you know, where we are academically, I think everybody will acknowledge that there's been some learning loss among a lot of different populations. Mm-hmm. You know, when you consider the fact that we get about half the funding that the traditional school districts get and we're able to, to hang with them or slightly above in terms of, our state testing and performance in math and English, I think that says a lot. So it's a value add to the public when you bring in charter schools. Amen. Yeah, and I and I hope our legislative delegation or a few of them are listening. But I think the funding equity issue in the General Assembly is something that must be addressed. 
It just simply. And that's going to, that, yeah, that's going to be the next big conversation this coming year. So um, we're actually in the final stages of a, of a study looking at funding around the United States and how other states fund charter schools. Um, South Carolina right now, if you're a brick-and-mortar student, uh, a charter school will get about $3,600 per child. If you're a virtual student, you get about, you know, $1,800. Um, you know, that's just not sustainable. We've been funded out of the EIA, the Education Improvement Act. That's the penny sales tax that was, tax that was passed back in the early 80s by former Governor Dick Riley. It, that's not sustainable, especially when you have a down economy or a recession. Um, we, we can't be susceptible to those kinds of changes of the economic winds. Um, we're, a, we're, we're now a permanent educational um, institution here in the state of South Carolina, so we need to be treated as such when it comes to our funding. Yeah. You know, and I agree completely, and I hope that is something that they move quickly to address. And I, and I think you agree with me. I, I, don't, I won't put words in your mouth, but I think you would agree with me that, that education funding should be portable. It should follow the student. Yeah, it should follow the child. I mean, that's just the way it should be. I mean, look, the, the, the federal money already follows the child. So why shouldn't the yeah. state money? Why shouldn't the state and money? And so we, we're, we're advocating for that. Additionally, we're advocating that um, that we get some money for facilities and transportation. Uh, charter schools are public schools. Uh, we're funded by federal and state dollars. We don't get any local tax dollars. So, you know, that's a that's a deal for the local community because, you know, we're not, we're not creating the increase in your local millage uh, because we don't get any of that. Yeah. We don't have any tax and authority like a traditional school district. So we, but we do have to have buildings, yeah. and we don't get any money for buildings. So we're out there renovating, close down, you know, Walmart stores and grocery stores, and renovating them and converting them into, you know, schools. And so what we're going to advocate for is one: give us a permanent budget line in the budget this year uh, per pupil on amount for both kids in a brick and mortar and virtual, and then do a, what we call a weight, where you would do an increase slightly for a child for facility cost and then for transportation uh, so that we can have the same access uh, to, to great schools um, in terms of our families that any other child in a sc- other school district would have. Yeah. Well, and Chris, you know, I think that's one area where charter schools are just knocking it out of the park. And look, every child deserves to go to school in a building that is clean and 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 adequate and and encourages them to learn and apply themselves. But you know, about five years ago in Ori County, we had a huge dispute here amongst our local school board members over a contract to build. I think it was about five schools, and they were. They were billed as energy-positive schools, um, and I, I was assured by members of the school board that within a couple of years, the Ory County School District would be making money selling electricity back to Santee Cooper. Now, interestingly enough, I haven't heard any more about that from any of those school members. Uh, some of them aren't on the board. None of those members who assured me that the school board would be making money off of solar power generation have ever said another peep to me about it, but you know... Back five, seven years ago, we spent about 50, $50 million a school for five schools. And I'm not saying that kids don't deserve uh, – every South Carolina child deserves to go to a school that, we, that anybody would be proud to send their kids to. But the point is the competition is what's key. And, and there are charter schools who are getting it done and excelling without spending $70 million to build a school. 
And that's right. That's yeah. right. It's, it's I, honestly, it's not about the building. It should be about the child yeah. and making the investment there with a with a high quality teacher who who is able to focus on the needs of the child, meet them where they are, and help them achieve their milestones. I mean, that's really what it should be about. Amen. I mean, I when I operated. Uh, the charter school up in Greenville, the Meyer Center. I mean, we were we were operating out of an old grocery store that we renovated for about two million dollars. We had about forty thousand square feet, and I mean that's a bargain for taxpayers. But yeah, we were able to provide a high level of education, and we didn't have to have all the fancy bells and whistles. We yeah. just had a good, safe, clean place for our kids to go. And when you when you provide a great education, quite frankly, parents are going to choose that over the nice, shiny you know, building. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the things I thought this report that we've talked about uh, cites an August 2020 study from the Bellwether Foundation, apparently uh, among the other options that are out there, of course, is homeschooling. But but students, families from non-white groups, uh, black African-American families and Latino American families are actually leaving traditional public school education at rates much higher than than white families. Um, the study the, the study cited noted that 16 percent of black families and 12.1 percent of Latino families have pulled their children out of traditional education over the last two years, according to the report, compared with 9.7 percent of white families. So almost twice the level of black families are leaving publication as uh, public education. As white families, and the number significantly higher than than whites for Latino families. What what's what's driving that? You think? Well, those families want a high quality education for their children too, and and we're seeing that here in South Carolina in charter schools. Our 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 enrollment of kids of color, Hispanic, Asian, and Black, is a little over forty six percent of our student population. Kids with with disabilities is at sixteen percent. Kids of poverty is forty nine percent. I mean, Reese. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So this idea that these are you know white flight schools that these are basically public private schools that are that are cutting out you know kids of color and with disabilities is just not true. Just look at the numbers. Yeah. And it's because those families value a high quality education. They have dreams and hopes for their kids, Amen. and they don't want to take a chance. On having them in a school that on a failing, failing school is not going to prepare them for life. Amen, Chris. If folks have kids school age or grandkids in, at school age, they want to learn more about charter schools. Where can they go? They can go to our website sccharter.org. Um, I would also uh, invite them to uh, go to the Department of Ed website. Um, they've also got links to our website. But the most direct place to learn about one, if you want to enroll your child in a public charter school, is sccharter.org. But if you're a, a, a parent or a business owner, um, someone in a local community, and you don't have a charter school and you want to start one, that's how it starts. These are local schools. They're operated by local people, local boards, a local nonprofit organization who partner with us to provide a charter school in your community. And, Reese, i gotta, I got to say, too, so we talk about all this growth. This coming week, Tuesday and Wednesday, we're having the first-ever Kids First Charter School Conference in Columbia, we've got over 400 school leaders and board members from local charter schools from around the state that are coming. This represents about 50,000 charter school students in, in the state of South Carolina. And uh, we're real excited about that. We're, Governor McMaster is going to be coming and 
He's going to be sharing, you know, some of the great news and successes of the past year. So it's the first ever. We're going to continue this every year. And, in fact, we're going to be inviting other states to uh, to come and join us in subsequent years. But it's just an example of the growth that we're seeing and the excitement around charter schools in South Carolina. Yeah. Well, it is the issue of our time, I think, one of the primary issues of our time. And is that event open to the public, Chris? Well, the event is obviously based on registration. Okay. Registration is closed, but uh, we'll be putting out a lot of information. We'll be broadcasting. And, um, you know, maybe I can come back and, and share some of the yeah. excitement of what happened. Um, we've got some awards that we're going to give out to some champions. And, of course, it's all about putting kids first. As you know, that's what I've been talking about the past year is let's put kids first. Amen. Let's get the, let's get the adults out of the sandbox and focus on what matters. Well, Chris, thanks for all you guys do. It is a great uh, mission that you guys have, great work that you are doing. Keep up the great work. And, listen, thanks for your time this morning. And, uh, folks, check out the uh, website for South Carolina Public Charter School District. And, Chris, come back and uh, visit with us anytime. Thanks, Reese. Y'all have a good morning. Thank you, sir. Take care. Folks, it's uh, Chris Neely, director of the South Carolina Public Charter School District. Find them online. Check them out. Learn about the charter options for your children. And, We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Chris Neely. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services about how sound financial planning can help your family. Scott? There's so much unknown about where things are going politically, socially, and culturally. And certainly there's a huge concern many families have about where things are going financially. One of the best things you can do is learn how to keep more. We are helping families across the country keep more every day keep more wealth and keep more income now and in the future if you want to learn how to keep more of your wealth and more of your income schedule a time talk to us today and we'll lay out the roadmap for you and your family pile financial services aligning wealth with purpose find them online at pilefinancialservices.com or call 843-945-4480 securities and advisory services offered through prospera financial services member finra sipic hi everybody it's reese boyd your host for saturday morning coffee and we're here today talking with greg sisson of the greg sisson team so greg we all know the real estate market is super hot right now can you give folks a quick snapshot of what's going on it's never been a more hot seller's market in my career i mean just think one year ago we had nearly four thousand homes for sale today we have less than 1100 on the market and 40 percent more homes are selling each month so complete opposite of what we had a year ago you've been in this market for over 24 years locally. How does that experience translate to benefit your clients? You're right, Reese. Doing this for 24 years, we've learned a few things and we specialize in better communication, giving our clients more peace of mind and just handling all the details, streamlining the process. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team at 843-251-2693 or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Give them a call today. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Jesse is a friend 
always been a good friend of mine. But lately something's changed and ain't hard to find. Jesse's got himself a girl. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.37 on your Saturday morning. I want to thank Chris Neely for joining us here on the program. Uh, Chris has been with us a couple times. I always enjoy talking to Chris. They are doing great work at the South Carolina Public Charter School District. Folks, if you want to check them out, please do. We'll post a link to their website on our social media page. Um, And it's just so important, the work that the charter school district is doing, bringing educational opportunity to underserved communities everywhere in South Carolina, not just underserved communities. But I just want to thank Chris for his time and all the hard work uh, that they do over at the uh, public charter school district. And uh, it's just great stuff. As I have said many times, I do believe that education choice is one of the preeminent civil rights issues of our time. And uh, they are working uh, hard on that every day. And we should be thankful for their efforts and we should recognize uh, their work. Uh, One of the things we do here on the program, folks, always try to pick out those things that you may miss and uh, we try to read a lot over the course of the week when we're not practicing law, so you don't have to read everything. One of the things that caught my attention this week was the following from 1945.com, Just Words, Why Joe Biden's U.N. Speech Was a Total Flop. In his first outing at the United Nations, President Joe Biden was bent on a singular mission to show the world that he was not Donald Trump. Glenn, how many, how many problems do we have in this world today, because there are so many people who are just mindly, single-mindedly focused on one thing, e- either erasing the memory of Donald Trump or proving that they are the polar opposite of Donald Trump. Uh, Everything yeah. is about Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, there's people that um, voted for Biden that I, I think are having some huge regrets right now. Yeah. Again and again, this is back to the piece from 1945.com. Again and again, Biden emphasized his commitment to diplomacy, international organizations, women, minorities, and most of all, against war. Make love, not war. But the catchphrases failed to stir the audience. Surprise, surprise. Unlike his former boss, Barack Obama, Biden was not once interrupted by applause at the U.N. Did you see the speech at the U.N.? (laughs) I saw part of it. It was a disaster. It It was a disaster. Um, Failure to resonate. The failure to resonate, again, back to the, the, the piece that I'm sharing with you, the failure to resonate lies with the disconnect between Biden's words and his actions. Biden stressed his administration's commitment to democracy and human rights. But the smoldering nightmare, I like that, smoldering nightmare that is Afghanistan is a human repudiation of Biden's professed values. Hmm. As we've said many times on this program, folks, don't look at what Democrats say. They lie. Look at what they do. Look at the record. Look at the facts on the ground. His, Biden's, his ignominious surrender to the Taliban inflicted strategic and reputational damage to the United States that will resonate for years. Mm -hmm. I have used the term generations. China, Pakistan, and Russia are seeping in as the U.S. floods out. Just this week, they met with the Taliban to organize Afghanistan's future. I wonder what kind of future that will be, Glenn. Mm-hmm. wonder if there will be respect for human rights in the Afghanistan of the future. Yeah. Will these governments call the Taliban to account for the terrorist in its government? 
the exclusion of women and girls from. Oh, no, they say they'll get some positions as oh, they yeah. get settled down. Yeah, yeah it's they'll a, be able to continue their education. It's going to be a kind. Sure. It's a kinder, gentler Taliban yeah. that we can expect. I'm sure. Yeah, they, they, they've changed over the past twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that most of them spent time at Gitmo is not helpful. No, no. The tra- the targeting of LGBT Afghans, its its callous disregard for democratic norms, hardly. Biden proudly announced that as we close this period of relentless war, we are opening a new era of relentless diplomacy. The peace goes on, but the point is made. We're privileged to be joined here on the program by the author of this excellent piece. We're joined here by Brett Schaefer. Brett is with the Heritage Foundation. Brett is a senior research fellow and one of the authors of this piece. Brett, good morning. How are you this morning? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. We know it's uh, early, but wanted to share this piece with our listeners. And uh, I know I've kind of summarized the intro, but but what obviously, uh, how do you summarize the complete disaster? It, it seems to me that no speech that he's given more than the U.N. speech made it completely obvious that this man does not need to be president. Am I wrong? Well, what struck me most about it, and we went into uh, detail in the piece, uh, perhaps more eloquently than I'm going to go into it right now, but it's just divorced from reality. He's going to the U.N., and if this speech had been, say, in January or February when he was brand new, perhaps he would have gotten a better reception for saying that he's dedicated to advancing human rights, to advancing democracy, to uh, confronting terrorism abroad, to um, confronting U.S. adversaries in some ways. He didn't really... um, get into detail on any of that but right now the record just speaks completely the opposite as i you know we mentioned afghanistan but you could go on you could talk about uh the failure to really uh, capitalize on the protests in cuba you can talk about his engagement with iran trying to get them back into the jcpoa which was a flawed deal in the first place and is uh by the admission of secretary of state blinken is getting weaker by the day yeah so it's just a just a, a complete divorce between what he is saying and what the everybody in that room and everybody around the world and everybody in the, in the United States of America can see with their own eyes. Yeah. And you you haven't, I don't believe, have had the opportunity to hear the rest of the program. But one of the things we've been talking about is how this administration is lying to the American people on so many fronts, on virtually every front. It's It's like the narrative is a construct. And that's what that's why the speech, the speech caught my attention and your take on the speech uh, caught my attention because of its uh, insightful, you know, commentary, but the whole thing seemed like an an artificial, like the Matrix, and, and and just an artificial presentation of a world that does not exist. I kept thinking to myself, what world is he talking about? You know, well, that's that's very true, and I think he went up to New York thinking that he was going to get a warm reception. After all, he saw Barack Obama get applauded uh, over and over again every time he went up there, and for the most part. The most of the world's governments rather prefer a Democrat in the White House than a Republican in the White House because they tend to agree with them more on policies that uh, that they would like them to pursue. And so I think he went up there thinking there was going to be a warm reception, and there were some some applause lines in there. He t- he talked about how he was going to expand funding for COVID immunizations in developing countries. Silence. Uh, he talked about how he was going to expand U.S. commitments and funding for climate change initiatives. 
silence. You talked about now, uh, and I was surprised at that. Frankly, yeah. I was surprised because that that's just a money grab for the the developing world, right? I mean, that's just an opportunity for yeah. us to send money to them. That's right, and and so I think he did expect them there to be a round of applause during points of the speech when he was saying things that he knew that they would appreciate. But the silence, I think, spoke very, very loudly because they're all troubled, and especially our allies in countries that depend on the United States. They're troubled by the lack of leadership. They're troubled by the sense that this administration is uh, lost, is is not really um, aware of what they want to accomplish and how they want to accomplish it. And that that can be very unsettling, especially for our allies. Yeah. Well, for so long, you know, ever since the Pax Americana came to be, I mean, the world has looked to America to be a benchmark, a stable, you know, a, a safe harbor. And I think that I think I, they I think they wonder what are, what are you guys doing? I, I, yeah, exactly, exactly. And this, you can always have debates, and there are robust debates in the United States about whether we should be involved in one situation versus another situation, or whether uh, the extent of that involvement or the depth of U.S. commitments here or there. But there are certain um, things that, that the, the world has come to expect, and that is competence, that the United States is going to do it in a way that does not result in abject disaster. And Afghanistan is just a blinking red light saying that may not be the case. Yeah. I mean, I now remember, Jen Psaki, there's no way to look at that and characterize it anything other than a smashing success. It's a historic, it's a success of historic proportion. And, and that's the other thing. Uh, administrations tend to try and spin things positively. Uh, the Trump administration did that. The Obama administration did that. The Bush administration and so forth. But, you can't deny reality. You can't de- can't just say that something is a smashing suge- success, as you said, um, when everybody can see for their own eyes that it was not. Yeah. It just it signals that you are unwilling to confront reality. And again, as I said, these are these are countries that depend on the United States. China is even more aggressive than it was uh, over the past decade. Russia is sensing blood in the water. Iran is basically doing whatever they want to in the in the Biden administration is trying to entice them back into a, a very flawed deal. Yeah. Um, and so they're not confronting the threats that are that are out there in any kind of uh, resolute or rational way. And if you're Britain, if you're Europe, if you're Latin America, if you're our allies in Asia, you have to be wondering um, exactly how much can we depend on the United States. And you're seeing this in the statements that they make. In Europe, they're talking about having... Um, to invest more in their own capabilities because they don't know if the United States is going to be there in case of aggression by Russia. In Asia, you see this in South Korea and Japan and uh, Australia. I mean, thankfully, the administration did announce this fantastic sub-deal with Australia and the U.K., but again, this is a diplomatic debacle because they did not uh, discuss this with France offline, so you got this uh, embarrassing situation where France uh, through a through a fit and pulled its ambassador out of the United States. Um, it's just one of those things where it, this should not have happened the way it did, and it just calls into question the basic competence and forethought uh, of this administration. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, Brett, it's a great piece. We'll post a link to it. And listen, uh, thanks for all the work you guys do at Heritage Foundation. It's a it's a great uh, piece. We'll post a link to it. Any any parting thoughts you have? No, it's, the only thing I will say is I'm going to refer back to something that you said just before I get, got on, and that is uh, that 
The American people need this White House to be at least basically competent. And when Joe Biden came into office, he was promising to reach out across the aisle and to heal our nation, as he said in his uh, inaugural speech. Instead, he's been just incredibly partisan and unwilling to reach out across the aisle. And we can only hope that he will uh, he will realize the error of his ways and, and do a reset. Because right now, um, I tell you, the uh, I'm I'm concerned for where the country is going. Amen. Uh, I think we all are very much so. Well, Brett, thanks again for all that you guys do. As I said, we'll post a link to the article and keep up the great work. And anytime you want to come on the show, uh, you're always welcome. Just let us know. Thank you very much. Okay, take care. Folks, it's uh, Brett Schaefer with the Heritage Foundation, and we'll post a link to that article and on our social media sites. And we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Stick with us. And she's loving him with that body, I just know it. And he's holding her in his arms late, late night. Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. I'm Dr. Ray Cleary and came down from Ohio back in the 70s, was director of operative dentistry at Shaw Air Force Base. Then I opened my practice in the late 70s in Surfside Beach. I think what makes the difference more than anything is I'm going to be around here. Dr. Boatwright's going to be around here a few years from now. We're committed to the community. It's interesting. I mean, we have patients that come to me from Pittsburgh. I've got a patient that I met in Columbia, and a couple of the patients that got to know me in Columbia come down here from Columbia. Honestly, our patients have been friends of ours, and I call them more friends than patients. I try to be honest with what their needs are. I try to give them options as to A, B, and C, and what their affordability is, and we try to work out something that makes sense to them. My dad, as I said, was a CPA, so I try to put value to my patients patients. Tidlands Dentistry is located at 1625 Glens Bay Road, which is between Surfside Drive and Homestown Road. Our website is tidelandsdental.com. Hey everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, talking with Greg Sisson at the Greg Sisson Team Remax First Choice Real Estate. Thank you, Reese. Super excited to be on board. Uh, I do believe uh, we can bring some information that will serve your audience here, so I'm excited about that. Greg, if folks want to get in touch with you at your office, how can they do that? Really, my cell phone is the best way. It's 843-251-2693. My email is greg at gregsisson.com. That's the website, gregsisson.com. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a fighter, but I see it in you, so we can walk it out. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. The final parting wisdom segment of Saturday Morning Coffee. You've spent another two hours with us. I hope the show has been informative and enjoyable for you. Thanks for sticking with us here on the program. I want to thank uh, Brett Schaefer from the Heritage Foundation for sharing his thoughts on his recent piece published at 1945.com on the absolute disaster that was the Biden speech to the United Nation. And it really does 
uh, import, I think, trouble on the horizon for this country on the national, on the world stage. Excuse me, folks. They don't. They, you can say whatever you want to say from the Brady press room at the White House, but the voters of this country, the people of this country, the leaders of the world, people know a disaster when they see one. It's like watching a train wreck in slow motion. They know a disaster when they see it, and this administration is a disaster. He's proving that he is not fit to be president. He's proving that he hid in a basement and somehow became president. I'll leave it at that. Is that fair? They are waking the sleeping giant. We are woke. <laughs> I, I just hope that the they heck? they do not destroy the country in the process. Right. I look at this $3.5 trillion spending bill. Do you know in one fell swoop they're going to try and essentially nearly double the amount of per-family national debt that we currently carry with a single spending bill? Yep. And we can't afford to keep our government open. (laughs) It's it's unbelievable. It is incredible, folks. I can't even believe that we're having some of these conversations, but we are. So much to talk about today. So much I wanted to get to. We we need a third hour, uh, Glenn. We're, <laughs> we're, we're really running out of time, and I wish we weren't. But I did want to share with you guys, you know, one thing we hadn't really had a chance to treat in detail is the issue of, again, it is an abomination that these men and women of the uh, Border Patrol are being yeah. vilified for their work along the Del Rio section of the border. It is law enforcement turned on its head and vilified. And, and by the way, it kind of reminds you of the Obama administration, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. You know, and these guys were spinning their reins to actually protect the, the Haitians, horse. to protect the horse mm-hmm. and protect the Haitians, because you get too close to a horse, you can get hurt. Mm-hmm. They weren't. There was not a single individual that was whipped. And yet Maxine Waters will stand on national television in front of the world and tell that it's the worst thing that's happened to people of color since slavery and of course that they had whips lies yeah lie to the people it is an absolute unadulterated lie let me assure you representative waters there are a lot of things that have happened since slavery and a lot of them have been bad and there have been a lot of bad things that have happened to communities of color But let me assure you of one thing of which I am certain. The behavior, the activities of these law enforcement officers of the U.S. Border Patrol along the Rio Grande, not one of them. And you should be, madam, ashamed. You should be ashamed of your conduct. You should apologize to these men and women who wear a badge to defend your country and protect your liberty. That's what they are doing. It's despicable. It's absolutely despicable. And every member of Congress or other politician, including the president, who said the people who are responsible for this will pay, yeah. should all be ashamed. Yeah. They should be ashamed. It's been a big show. There was more to get to, folks. We wanted to talk about the Arizona audit. We'll get to that. I had information for you. I had something to share with you about Gabby Petito. Unfortunately, we will not get to that. We won't get to some other pieces that I had, but we'll talk about it next week. There'll be more Saturday morning coffee next week. Let me give a shout-out to Tommy in Merle's Inlet, one of our loyal listeners. Tommy lost his wife uh, this week. So, Mm. Tommy, our uh, thoughts, our prayers, our hearts are with you 
this morning, my friends. Stay strong. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. It is, as always, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Y'all be blessed. Have a great week. We'll see you next week for more Saturday Morning Coffee. for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.